Hi, I'm Angela and welcome to the Mood Board Podcast. I'm excited this week to be talking to the founder of Chasing Paper, Elizabeth Reese. Chasing Paper actually started in 2013 um, as a peel and stick wallpaper business. Since then, it has also expanded into traditional wallpaper and has done a multitude of collaborations with artists and interior designers, including Rebecca Atwood, Random House, West Elm, the list goes on and on. So I'm really excited to be talking to them um, just in general about the do's and don'ts of wallpaper. Um, And we're going to have some real talk around the Black Lives Matter movement as well. Many people have been asking me, how can they support my business? And let me tell you, if you're listening to this podcast, you are already on the right path. So just make sure that you subscribe and share it with your friends and family. But a second thing you can do is sign up for my Skillshare class, The Art of Styling Your Room, How to Create a Mood Board. In less than 15 minutes, you will have all the tools you need to begin to design your dream space. I will also provide feedback on Skillshare and share students' work on my Instagram feed. So on that note, let's get started with the show. So Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on the Mood Board podcast today. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you for many reasons. I mean, you are definitely a pioneer in the wall covering industry. You have had some amazing collaborations with different companies like Penguin Random House, Pear, uh, Danielle Kroll, Carolyn Suzuki, um, and the list goes on from there. Um, but I feel like as so many people have been saying, you know, I want to do peel and stick wallpaper, or I want to get into this, and a lot of companies have really been dipping their toes into it. I feel definitely. like you have definitely still been like a leader in the industry. Oh, well, I mean, thank you. I appreciate that so much. And, you know, I think what um, we really try to do at Chasing Paper to kind of differentiate ourselves and really what we've done since day one is it's all about collaborations. It's all about working with artists and people with like really unique points of view because, you know, we get customers who say, but I can buy removable wallpaper from Target for like $20 and yours is more expensive. And, you know, we like to really think that um, because we work so hard to create such like special collections that Mm -hmm. sure you can go buy something at Target for sure. We love Target, no no hate, no shade to Target. We love Target. (laughs) I shop there all the time, but it's a different product. It's a different customer. Um, and you know, we, um, obviously pay our artists, everything's made in the United States. Um, and you know, that's, that's an important piece of it to us. Um, and I think that that's allowed us to sort of create our own kind of space within the category. Um, you know, when people see a print that really they love and really speaks to them, um, you're not going to be able to find it anywhere else. Um, and so that's really how we try to kind of entice people and engage people it's really through um that those thoughtful collaborations Mm, yeah which is a very good point it's true when you find a chasing paper pattern you're like i cannot find it anywhere else yeah (laughs) with my clients i'm like i you know they're like well can you find i'm like you you won't i'm like we can find similar (laughs) but nope it's not going to be the one that gave you all the feels um in the first place Um, So I think one of the other things I wanted to ask, because I remember when I discovered Chasing Paper, this must have been maybe in 2015, and it was at the Javits Center. Yeah. Um, And I remember coming to your booth, I was actually doing editorial work at the time for Home Polish. And I remember being like, this is such a cool concept. 
you know, people are going to eat this up. The price point I felt like was just right to kind of get consumers interested in it. Um, but what made you start chasing paper in the first place? Yeah, you know, I mean, similar to you, I was um, living in New York at the time and, you know, just really had a love for design um, and wanted to be able to, I think like most women, you know, create a space that feels uniquely their own. I think New York is a really kind of specific place. I think it's so important that your home is your sanctuary. You know, mm -hmm. the, the city can be so overwhelming and fast paced and, um, you know, there's so much comparison and craziness and, um, you know, business can just, the business world and also just the social aspects of things can be overwhelming. And I think having your home be a real reflection of you, a place where you can feel really cozy and calm or maybe just really productive and, you know, depending kind of on who you are as a person. And, you know, I think with more social media and the, you know, things like Pinterest um, and people kind of sharing their space, I think people really started kind of getting into it more and kind of that idea that, you know, their home could really be a reflection of themselves, just like a cool mm -hmm. outfit um, or, you know, just all of those things. It's really kind of a personal reflection that then you can share um, with others for them to be inspired or excited about. Um, and so it really kind of came out of that place for me. Um, and I knew, and I had done some projects for um, other companies and other women where we kind of created something that was like a very early version of what Chasing Paper is now. Mm. And the, the reaction was always the same. They'd be like, oh my God, like it transformed the space. Yes. Um, yes. Which is something I've obviously always known about wallpaper, but wallpaper in a like traditional wallpaper felt like, um, will I ever be able to do traditional yes. wallpaper? You know, like again. Right, especially in, New in a New York apartment. You're like, absolutely. Mm, I don't know about this with my landlord. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't want to go to small claims court. You know, like, <laughs> so you know, it just felt like, or it felt like, oh, you, in, for traditional wallpaper, you would have to have like an interior designer. Like, I don't know enough about wallpaper or design to make that kind of decision. Um, and so I wanted it to feel really um, attainable and, um, you know, somewhat affordable. Some people say chasing paper isn't affordable, but, you know, again, I think we're kind of that middle ground. We're not yes. crazy expensive, but we're not inexpensive either. We're sort of in that middle zone. Um, so yeah, and so we wanted it to be something that people could try, people could test. Um, you know, again, living in a New York apartment, my apartment was teeny tiny. So yes. even if I wallpapered every surface, it probably wouldn't have cost me that much. <laughs> right. But. It wouldn't cost what the traditional wallpaper installation would have cost. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, you know, it was a, it's a fun thing to kind of be able to dip your toe in and, you know, really starting it um, we had a lot of editorial sort of support. Um, mm. A lot of editors were really, really excited about it. And um, I think like a lot of, you know, small businesses and people who are just kind of hustlers, um, you know, we just did sort of all of our outreach just through kind of organic and PR mm. and just trying to like, you know, send a lot of product to the, like the right people and get people yeah. talking about it. Um, and then we were kind of off to the races and that was almost eight years ago, which I cannot believe. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. yeah, because I remember when I first, you know, experienced it. And then I think even just like getting the samples and like working with clients and how seamless that was and like trying out paint samples with it and like moving it around. I was like, yeah, this is a game changer for a lot of people. And especially I was also in New York, you know, at the time you just, you can't do the traditional wallpaper. I mean, right. you could try it. It's just a lot. It's expensive, and a lot of people are renting. That's um, right. 
you know, even for us, like, you know, we just did the HGTV home tour and we used Chasing yep. Tape. Um, you know, I had to find a place to put my office and my husband was not open to doing a big paint job during yep. quarantine. I was like, okay, I'm going <laughs> to need to do something. Like I need a dramatic change and just doing three rolls of chasing paper, you know, on our little entryway made such a huge impact. And absolutely. And so, yeah. You and I love like to that point. I mean, I think transitional spaces are such a huge part of our lives right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was, you know, kind of pre pandemic, but you know, I always thought like, Oh, I live in New York, so I can't wallpaper. But what I'm finding is people all over the country are using spaces in their homes to say, Hey, this is our homeschooling area now. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we want it to look and feel a little bit different from the rest of our space, or I'm working from home now. I'm on zoom calls all day long. Like I want something to look great as a backdrop, you know, like we're using our homes in a different way now um, more than ever. And, you know, I'd love to say that, you know, everything will be back to normal by the end of the year, but it's like, I think we're probably in this and people are going to be changing the way that we sort of live in our homes um, probably for a while. And, um, you know, I think Chasing Paper was well positioned you know, kind of pre-pandemic um, to say like, hey, you can try this, um, you know, staring at your white walls. You've never stared at them more than you have in the last <laughs> you know, seven you, months. You have a real relationship with them. You hate them. That's, yes, exactly. And so I think people are sort of excited to take that that kind of next step and, and try something, which I think is really exciting and really fun because I know, you know, like, you just said, you know, it makes just a little bit of paper makes a really dramatic difference. Mm. And I think DIY has such like a exciting way of being so satisfactory to people. People are so like, you feel so accomplished when you finish a project. Um, And I think that's a great feeling. I think people are um, energized and excited about that right now. Yes, exactly. Anything that we feel like we have a little bit of control over um, and it looks good at the end, we're like, right on. That's a win. That is absolutely, it's a total control thing, I think, as well. Like, it just feels like it's the, your home is that space where you do, you have that creative control over and that feels really good. Well, on that note, let's take a break. When it comes to finishing a room, most people forget about the styling. Even when people buy the whole room setting from the showroom. You guys remember that? Showrooms? Ugh. Those were the good old days. You'd often come home, set it all up, and then ask yourself, why doesn't it look as good as it did in the store? Well, the secret is because it hasn't been styled. But don't worry, I've got you covered. Check out my Skillshare class, The Art of Styling Your Room, How to Create a Mood Board. And in less than 15 minutes, you will have all the tools you need to begin to design your dream space. Sign up for Skillshare.com and I will post your work on my Instagram feed. So I want to change directions a little bit because I know um, on Instagram, a lot of people, we all did, I mean, I did it as well, but like the black square Um, We're really dealing with, you know, Black Lives Matter movement, having different businesses, different listeners in general, just, you know, taking a moment to listen to Black voices. Um, So I wanted to really talk about what are some of the actions that Chasing Paper is taking to support people of color um, in the design industry? Yeah, I love that. And I think it's so important. Um, And like, again, just kind of having so much kind of in our world be changed and 
been brought to the forefront few months. I think it's such an important topic um, and conversation to have. And I think for me, um, being a white woman, mm-hmm. I thought by most of, I would say 99% of our collaborations are all with women. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, I'm raising women's voices up. That's enough. You know, women's yeah. voices aren't heard um, enough, especially like in artists communities. You know, I was like, we work with fine artists. And I felt like so empowered by doing that. But when I looked across, you know, so few women, I mean, we have some diversity within our collaborators, but yeah. not nearly enough. And mm-hmm. I think that that was a real um, sort of eye opener for me, because again, I thought like, as a woman, you know, that's kind of, I have two daughters and I was kind of raising that flag. And then I thought, well, wait, that, that isn't enough. That's not yeah. enough for us to be doing. Um, so we really sat down as a team. Um, and again, now being in Wisconsin, um, you know, Wisconsin and Milwaukee specifically is one of the most segregated cities um, yeah. in the country. Mm-hmm. And so one, we wanted to get involved on things on sort of a local level, things that we could be doing, um, how we can, um, you know, better sort of um, find opportunities to mm-hmm. give back to our community um, and specifically ones that, Um, cater to different audiences than maybe our own. And then second, we really looked at 2020 and said, how can, you know, 2020 is already kind of in the bag and (laughs) done. It's kind of just a dumpster fire. And we're like looking towards 2021 to be like, what can we do better? You know, how can we um, tell more stories of people of color, especially women of color? I mean, our Mm -hmm. audience is 96% women. (laughs) So um, that's whose kind of ear we have. Um, and I think it's also about, you know, using our um, voice through Instagram and other places um, to sort of also just champion um, artists, you know, not even people that we're working with right now, but maybe people we want to work with in the future mm-hmm. and um, sort of elevating their voices. Um, and then also um, kind of the third piece to it is, um, you know, kind of putting our money where our mouth is and making mm. some donations towards um, things that not just any kind of organizations, but ones that we really feel um, passionately about and excited about. Um, and so our team really did a lot of research on sort of where we thought, and actually it was kind of strange. We all sort of came together um, on sort of very similar topics that we felt were important um, yeah. to donate to. And I know one of the places that you guys had really, um, that you already had put money towards was called the Loveland um, Foundations. Can you tell us a little yes. bit about that? Yeah, I mean, again, just having so many different organizations and things brought to the forefront, um, you know, we have kind of reached out to our audience saying, you know, what, what charities and organizations do you love? And Loveland kept coming up again hmm. and again and again. Um, and it's for um, providing therapy for um mostly in a specific women of color, but I think yeah. that they're pretty open to, um, and, you know, therapy is something that has helped every single person on my team at some point in their lives. Yeah. Um, it's been impactful, um, for them in going through, you know, just different transitions in their lives or when things are difficult or just even when things are okay, you know, I think it's so great to have someone to check in with. And, um, when you really read the statistics on the disparity of where, um, you know, therapists are doing their work. I mean, it's pretty staggering. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think especially right now with everything and sort of the state of our world, um, being able to have that sort of sounding board um, for, you know, likely all of the anxiety and, you know, depression mm-hmm. and, you know, fear that is circulating for every human, probably. I think yeah. if you're unaffected by what's happening in the world right now, you're probably 
I don't know, dead inside. You're alive, I, but you're dead inside. <laughs> yeah, truly. Yeah. Um, and so we really just loved it. And then another great thing that Loveland was doing, and I guess probably a lot of organizations are doing this, but um, it allowed us for us to be making a donation on a monthly basis. Um, okay. And we just really loved that. I mean, again, we would love to just be able to like donate $10,000 in like one go, but like we're a small business oh, too. Small and, business, yes. Yeah. Doing it in a way that feels um, very purposeful and you know they let you do it kind of an, on a recurring basis it also keeps you accountable um like where i've just given them the um, ability to charge my credit card once a month and you know it keeps me keeps me kind of honest with it i think it keeps me accountable it keeps us you know where then i'm you know seeing that come out of our account and i say oh yeah like let's check in let's see what they're doing let's see what they're working on um which I think is, and it also just kind of keeps it top of mind for me, um, which yeah. I think, you know, is kind of an important part of it. I know um, a lot of people said, like, don't just let it be like one day, one week, one month where mm. it's top of mind, but how can you set some, you know, checks and balances um, to make sure that, you know, we're continuing to remember to, you know, elevate Black voices to our audience, which is you know, primarily white women, you know, and mm -hmm. that's just kind of what it is. And how do we diversify the audience? And we know that creating content with black creators is the way to do that. Um, Absolutely. I always tell people, I'm like, there's just a lot of money sitting on the table, you know, yes. like, you don't diversify. Yes. I'm like, you're missing out on a ton of new people who would be like, I didn't even know this. Like, it's funny, yeah, I didn't time. even know about the Love Lounge um, Foundation until your team sent it to me. And I was like, oh, what's this? And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, there's 200,000 followers for, you know, something even for myself. I do therapy now and people have come on the yes. podcast and have shared a lot of different experiences with design and therapy um, as well. And I thought, wow, this is a great thing. I actually need to, I need to share this more because it wasn't something I was even aware of. So I feel like the more we keep those lines of communication open and saying like, I'm doing this, do you want to do that? I mean, it exponentially, it, it absolutely helps grow. And I think right now more than ever, people are investing in their homes. Um, yep. so and with my clients, I'm going, okay, let me make sure I'm, I'm sharing that black artist that I know, you know, somebody wants abstract art, but I know this specific black artist who would be a good fit for that. Um, and just, I, again, there, there's more than enough room. Um, and there's yes. also just a lot of growth that can come from it at the same time. Absolutely. And I think just continuing to have this conversation, like I just really appre appreciate this question. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just so easy to like be interviewed for things and get asked the same, you know, six <laughs> questions over and over and over and again, which I'm like always happy to answer, of course. But um, I think kind of like, again, just kind of that accountability piece, you know, like, mm. you know, things that were all happening in the conversations we were having this spring and this summer, you know, how, how can we keep that moving forward? And I think that that's it. I think it's keeping it as part of our dialogue. Um, yeah, just, I definitely so have important. lots of people DM me and they're like, are we going to talk about design? <laughs> like, are we going to yeah. talk? I'm like, we, we might. Sure. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. I'm like, but there's plenty of shows talking about that. I'm like, we're yeah. totally covered in that, that topic. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> So my next question before we get to the um, interior design game is what is something that's maybe, I mean, I know we just talked about one huge thing that's new on the horizon for Chasing Paper, but what else are you guys working on right now? Like what's some new fall or 2021 things we can expect? Yeah, I think something that we're cooking up right now is, again, kind of to that point of just that 
satisfaction of the DIY. Mm -hmm. And we want to think about how we can kind of go beyond the wall. Um, I think we've kind of got that covered in a lot of ways in the sense that we've been doing wallpaper for, um, you know, almost a decade now. And yeah. we want to figure out other ways that we can use sort of what we know um, about kind of how people like to decorate and what barriers they have and how people are sort of using their spaces um, and just sort of going beyond the wall. Um, so we're thinking about floors and how people like what barriers um, people have mm -hmm. for do, redoing a floor um, or ways that we could kind of revamp or look at those and create again just solution-based products that will yeah. be helpful and add value um you know to people's homes in a way that doesn't feel like okay i have to hire a designer and an architect and i have to do this huge renovation um just because again the accessibility piece is very important for us yeah. and very important for our customer not to say that you're never going to get to that giant renovation and do all the things that is yeah. awesome um but you know it, a lot of people live sort of in that in between you know where mm -hmm. they say this maybe isn't our forever house or you know maybe this is our forever house but we're going to be sort of paying that mortgage for like the first i was gonna say i'm also just the cost of labor for renovation and be like oh what parts gosh. can i do on my own <laughs> absolutely absolutely so we're just really looking for um other solution-based products that sort of go beyond the wall um and then obviously too just again looking to create a more diverse um more kind of just rich exciting collaborations that just keep people coming back um and also just doing a better job of telling the story um we just read at our website this summer um really with that kind of in mind about how can we tell stories better on our website yes which i agree like even now i'm like looking at my website and i'm like this is a mess <laughs> I was like i've definitely texted quite a few designers and like, i need your help and all over the place fonts are crazy i'm like i just have not had a breath i'm like but it's a good idea for 2021 to like yes really work on the narrative and like turn things up a little bit <laughs> All right, so now we're gonna- Yes, yes, but it's always so funny. Yeah, it is always so funny because you're almost like, I feel like I started one place with my website and now I look at it and I'm like, there's a lot going on. I don't know where I'm shopping anymore. I'm like, what am I selling? <laughs> yeah, but okay. that's always the way. I feel like as soon as you like do an overhaul, you're like ready for the next one. Cause it's like, everything is just constantly evolving, which I guess is a good thing. <laughs> it is, a, yeah, it's a good thing that there's a lot of new things. I'm just like, wow, okay. I need to bring somebody in to help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so for our interior design game um, this week, we're gonna talk about the do's and don'ts of wallpaper. Um, and I'm also gonna share some things that people have DM'd me over the time, like I feel like even over the past couple of weeks when I was sharing the chasing paper install that I did in my hallway of just, you know, when is it a good time, good time to use peel and stick wallpaper versus traditional wallpaper? Um, since I know you guys offer both. Yes, um, and traditional is something that we had kind of just stayed away from for a long time because we really just identified as just a removable wallpaper company. Um, but the more and more we realized we, were, we wanted to really meet our customer where they are. Mm -hmm. And for some people, peel and stick just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, what we would typically say is that removable is a great option for kind of the things we've talked about a little bit already 
a renter, um, you know, if you're not, if you're renting, don't do traditional. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Peel and stick is a great option. Um, also for transitional spaces, um, you know, like both of my um, daughter's nurseries are fully peel and stick because I know that like what I want for them as a baby might not be what they want when they're a little girl or a teen. Um, I love the idea of rooms being able to sort of evolve um, with the child. Um, I think that that's so exciting and fun. Um, and also places that you might want to like try a trend. Um, for instance, um, in our last house, we did like a terrazzo as our backsplash. Will terrazzo be in in five years? Who knows? <laughs> um, but I love the trend and yeah, and, and it, it was something so fun to try. Um, and again, is it forever? No, but I didn't want to have to spend, you know, a small fortune to do an actual terrazzo, um, you know, tile or, um, you know, floor, but it was a fun way to kind of try that trend. Mm -hmm. um, and we typically say, you know, traditional, um, sometimes there's just really challenging spaces that have like a lot of like corners and dips and mm -hmm. arches and, you know, just a very challenging room, which actually traditional is just better for. Mm -hmm. um, without the, the cutting and the piecing together, um, traditional would just make a little bit more sense. Um, or if you're just like this powder room, I want this to be up for the next 10 years, or, you know, I'm really married to this idea and I, I love it. And I just, you know, prefer traditional wallpaper, you know, that's a great option too. Um, and obviously too, some people just have a preference. Um, and yes. now, and especially for designers, um, you know, like yourself, some clients just don't want peel and stick. It's just not something that they're they're interested in, which is totally fine, you know? Like, they're like, what are you trying to sell me down on? I'm like, it's yeah, not a right. thing. You're like, no, no, I don't know what's yeah. going on. <laughs> exactly. And so, um, you know, we're really excited now that we can, um, you know, do both and, uh, you know, traditional, certainly it's, it's for us a more specific project. Typically, you know, we're not selling, you know, $80 or $100 with traditional wallpaper. They're spending $800, $1,200. You know, it's for, it's for a bigger moment, typically, not just for an accent wall or something like that, where a peel and stick would work just fine. Um, so yeah, it's great to have the versatility of both. Um, but uh, yeah, so I would say still, it's still probably like 85% of our customers um, are doing peel and stick. It's still a smaller piece yeah. of our pie for traditional, but we're hoping to grow that. Right, it's out there, just in case you yes. didn't know. Because I didn't yes. know, and now I'm Yes, <laughs> yes, that's great, exactly. Yeah. So here's one of the ones I got. Now I know the answer, but I just want to get your opinion on it. Someone asked yeah. me, can you install peel and stick wallpaper on top of traditional old wallpaper in your home? Yes, yeah, so we get this question a lot. And the thing I always tell people is like, not all situations, it's kind of case by case in the sense that like, one, do care about the wallpaper underneath. If some people, if you were like, I just do not have the time or the effort to want to take down walls and then skim coat before putting up new wallpaper, sometimes it will work depending on what the wallpaper, the existing wallpaper is made out of. But what we always tell people is to grab a sample from our site and do a little test. Um, sometimes it'll work, but sometimes it might pull that paper off. So again, if you're like in a renting situation where um, you want your security deposit back um, we might just say we'd steer away from it um, but again 
Um, if you're going the traditional route, um, typically you can wallpaper over wallpaper. The person who probably buys your house next will probably want to kill you, but... <laughs> but that, <laughs> um, hey, it's sold, but it's yes, not a <laughs> That's right, that's right. Um, that's absolutely true. So, you know, best practice is always to put it on like a primed painted surface. But, you know, sometimes people say, hey, I don't care about this wallpaper underneath. I did a test, it will stick. I mean, we have people do it for sure. So, um, you know, testing is kind of the best best way that we can say if you're if you're kind of wanting to try it, but that would kind of be our party line. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> another one that I get quite a bit is, can you install peel and stick wallpaper in a bathroom? Yes, so um, we actually say that our peel and stick wallpaper is very similar to traditional wallpaper in the sense that if it's a very poorly ventilated, you know, very mm. steamy bathroom, yes. over time, traditional wallpaper will likely curl away or pull away from the wall as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, ventilation is and humidity and all those things is um, kind of the same for traditional or peel and stick. Um, but we do say like, again, for just like longevity, if you're like, this is what I want for a long, long time and the it gets super steamy and we don't have a fan and whatever, then we would probably say go traditional just for a little extra, mm. um, you know, assurance there. But yes, I mean, if it's a properly ventilated, um, you know, bathroom with a fan or you're always keeping like a window crack the door open absolutely it will work okay and then my last one is there anything different you need to do if you want to do peel and stick wallpaper on a ceiling yeah so we've had this actually this project come up quite a bit um and we it works for sure but what we do suggest we just released um longer panels like two by eight and two by twelve and for a ceiling project we would actually recommend that you do the two by fours um just because the weight of the panel um you want it to be a little bit lighter so that it adheres a little bit better um but yes you can certainly do both and we have people do that project quite a bit which i think is just pretty amazing i feel like it's really like um i don't know like you're there it's like such like a cool project but i don't know that i would be brave enough I to do feel it like but it's i feel like it's super hot right now i don't know why yeah, it like, is everybody's like I mean, looking at their ceilings and wallpapering them i'm like yeah. oh, should i be doing it i wasn't going to but you know, yes, there's a lot of been, pressure out there right now <laughs> yes totally we've been getting more and more questions about it recently so it's so funny that you mentioned that i guess it maybe is becoming kind of more of a trend or um, and I, I think it's also kind of a cool thing if you have, you know, a smaller room and the ceiling isn't that big. I mean, that could also be like an affordable way to make like a high impact yes. um, kind of statement with um, with wallpaper instead of like wallpapering all four walls or whatever. So yeah, it's definitely a trend. We're kind of seeing it a lot, a lot more too. So <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. You are a very busy woman, both as a career and as a mother. So I just appreciate you taking the time to, to come on today. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Mood Board Podcast. And I just want to remind everybody, I know we've heard it a million times, but if you haven't gotten out there already, get out there and vote, but also just thinking about beyond tomorrow. I want us all to remember it's so important to have some of these real conversations. I think as much as it's easy to do some of the fun conversations, which I love to have too, 
um, even with an interior design, it's important to have some real talk too, especially as we move into the holiday season and we're going to talk about gratitude. It's just important to be honest and have some good, real talk every once in a while with some laughs. All right, everybody, stay safe and take care. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Remember to subscribe and share with your friends and family. Bye-bye.